When you drive the brand ranked number one in dependability by J.D. Power, you can stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see yourself behind the wheel of the brand ranked number one in dependability by J.D. Power. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Kia received the fewest reported problems among all brands in the J.D. Power 2022 U.S. Vehicle Dependability Study based on 2019 models. See jdpower.com slash awards for 2022 details. Welcome to Build Your Tribe with your host, Shalene Johnson. Hey there, welcome to Build Your Tribe 2.0. In this episode, instead of talking at you, answering just random questions and not having someone to hit me with a follow-up question, I like to mix it up so that you have a chance to feel so you're actually a part of a real conversation. And that's what I love about coaching entrepreneurs. It's that, it's conversations. Because, I mean, I'm always going to give my advice and I'm going to share best practices and guidelines. But but at the end of the day, we all have to factor in our own heart, our own experiences, our own dreams, desires, and what's most important to us. That's why I love conversations like this one. In this episode, I chat with a member of our Three Percenters Mastermind. Now, that's an invite-only mastermind. And uh, we invite people to that based on how they perform and how they contribute when they are part of our Team Johnson Coaching Group, which is solely for entrepreneurs who are in a quote-unquote partnership, meaning they're either married or a long-term committed relationship. And FYI, that's not a plug because it's not currently open. We're not taking applications. However, he's also a longtime student of the Marketing Impact Academy and a great friend. This is Jimmy Hayes Nelson. You've heard him on previous episodes. He can be found at 5daysfire.com. And Jimmy is the master question asker. (laughs) Because he coaches a team of both seasoned and novice entrepreneurs, I just think he's perfectly positioned to be hearing the struggles and to ask the questions on your behalf. So in this conversation, we're going to talk about how to shut off work mode so that you can learn to relax and not drive your partner crazy. My personal policy for selecting a mentor, how using the excuse that I'm not a quote unquote numbers person uh, helped to almost bankrupt us at one point and how all of us can level up when it comes to goal setting. All right, phone's ringing. Let's get that call. Why are you calling me? What do you want? Um, I'm calling just to let you know that (laughs) my view is probably better than yours right now for (laughs) once in my life. I am in Cancun, Mexico, staring at the ocean from my room. What? Yes. I need Jimmy Hayes Nelson's life. Well, I mean, so many people say that, Shalane, and it really is a theme. But I thought, thought, when when else in my life have I been able to say my view is better than Shalane's right now? So I had to to call and rub it in. That's awesome. I love it. Okay, so what do you want to ask me? We're talking vacations, but can you tell us your favorite vacation spot or the best vacation you've ever taken? Yes. Let me say this. I used to hate vacations. Like, vacation to me sounded like death by relaxation. I couldn't do it. So I think there's a certain element for all entrepreneurs to recognize if you've gotten to a place where you you don't know how to relax anymore. And so if that sounds true to you, like if someone says, hey, we should take a vacation and it makes your heart race and you think to yourself, I can't because I'll miss out on things and I need to work, etc. There's a problem. And I was there once. I would fake it. I'd be like, oh, that sounds like so much fun. But in my mind, I was super stressed out to think about, 
unplugging. I just couldn't. It meant like the world could crumble. There would be an opportunity I would miss. I would be so far behind that it wasn't worth relaxing if I, because if I unplugged from work, I would get back a week later and just be overwhelmed. So here's one thing I would say before we talk about location is the way I've learned to fix that, number one, is to just transition into a place of smart success where I don't need to do more. God will reward me if I just understand I am enough and I do what's right, number one. Number two, I would say this, and I don't know if this is true for you, Jimmy, but I just need to spend about 30 minutes every day on vacation (laughs) just checking in. And if you let me do that, I will enjoy my vacation. If I don't do that, I I just have this fear in the back of my head that like the building is burning down and and like my Facebook page has turned into like we hate Shaleen and but just give me 30 minutes and I will number one I'll come back rested and number two I'll be happy all day what is your policy on checking work while you're on vacay for me vacation and just the thought of unplugging and doing nothing still drives me nuts in fact as I'm sitting here in my room I'm looking and my wife is already propped on the bed (laughs) with a book (laughs) And that's hi Kelly. And, and Celine says hi, and that's where she will be for the next five days. Now that version of vacation will drive me nuts. Now I don't always have to check in on work, so this is where it's different. I was going to ask you, okay, was it being still? But it sounds like it wasn't about being still for you. It was about not having access to work and the hmm. control part of that. For me, I know I will spend most of my time. I will find where is the pool where the music's the loudest and the drinks are flowing and the party is going on. And that's where I will want to be. That's vacation to me, where Kelly wants to be on a beach with a book, very quiet. Um, But as far as a policy goes with business, I let most of the people that I work with know, hey, I'm unplugging because I feel like it's important for me to model to them that if I'm talking about really creating a life of my own design, But I never truly unplug from that. What I'm advertising and what I'm executing are two very different things. But as far as actually doing work, no, not too much. Mm, Okay. But will you do like a little something each day? And do you have like a limit? Do you have a number of minutes? Or is there like, okay, well, I can do it while Kelly's in the shower or... I think what the most I will do is probably shoot little videos here and there. You know, really going through both Smart Success and Marketing Impact Academy... We've built a team, and we haven't had a team in the past, and I trust my team, and my team rocks, and so I really- what, what? I know, right? And so I really can just enjoy my vacation. It's crazy. It is crazy. It's pretty cool. That's awesome to hear. But oh, my favorite location. Right. I like to go to Maui. I like to go to Maui. However, my favorite place to vacation is someplace where I can be doing something kind of like you. Uh-huh. So I love to snowboard. I love any place where we can, um, you know, strap on boots and it's kind of like an all-day adventure. I So I love snowboarding vacations. And if it's a warm vacation, honestly, I love going back to the Midwest because I can water ski and I can wakeboard and I can be on the lake and just be active and run through the woods. So I like places where I can be active. All right. You ready for another question? Sure. Okay. Here's, a, here's one that came across as I've been collecting questions for Shalene is, mm-hmm. do you have a mentor? And if you do, what is it that you look to them to learn right now? Mm. I do. I have mentors in every area of my life. 
Um, so I don't believe we sh- any of us should have just like one person who mm-hmm. is everything, obviously. Um, so I have business mentors. I have parenting mentors. I have Ooh. spiritual mentors. I have nutrition mentors and I have fitness mentors. You can pretty much pick any area of my life that's important to me. And I've identified someone who I'm looking to um, just because I feel like I'm a couple steps behind them and they're generous with their knowledge and they're honest in their opinion. So I can, and sometimes these are mentors from afar, mm-hmm. but I, I can learn from them and feel like they're speaking truth to me and there's room for me to be better. What was the second part of your question? Basically, what do you look to them to learn if it was one person? But I think you kind of covered that because in all these different areas, I know when I've been around high achievers, that tends to be you know, something they have in common, that they're always looking to get better, that they never feel like they've completely arrived and there's always room to grow. I will say this. When I pick a mentor, I can't pick a mentor who there's no way I could do what they're doing because our circumstances are completely different. For example, it doesn't make sense for me to have a fitness mentor who isn't married, doesn't have children, has never given birth and is a fitness competitor because I, right. I, I can't go. I can't be that. I, I That's not my lifestyle. So it's ideal for me to have someone to, who is a fitness mentor who has given birth, has had kids, uh, lives a lifestyle that isn't revolving around just them, their schedule, their food prep, et cetera. They, they have to live a life within their family. That makes sense for me. No, I'm not saying at all. I mean, I want to clarify. I'm not saying at all that I can't take advice or look to someone as an expert uh, if they haven't given birth. That's not what I'm saying. If if they're not a parent or if they haven't given birth, I mean, that's not at all what I'm saying. Certainly, there are experts who I look to. But when we're talking about a mentor, the way I define mentor is someone who I can aspire to be like them. I can aspire to live like them. I can aspire to adopt their habits, their lifestyle, and I can look at where they are and I can say to myself, okay, I can do that too. So I can look at a fitness expert who is ripped and super lean and their life revolves around their own food prep and going to the gym and all these other things. I can look to them for expertise but it's not likely I will look to them as a mentor, someone whose footsteps I can follow in. And additionally, I can't have in my this is just my personal policy. I can't have a business mentor who's been through multiple divorces, uh, cheats on their wives. Um, it's all business and their family is kind of like a byproduct because whatever you've done in business, you've left a trail of destruction. And I'm not interested in that. Yeah, that's so good. In fact, that's where I was going to go next was, can you separate the two? If you see somebody that you admire what they do in the business realm, but their personal life's a mess. It tends to be the case that when I think of someone as a mentor and I try to compartmentalize like this area of their life, you know, I mean, let's just go into politics for a second. Like there's a whole bunch of people who love Bill Clinton and they're like, you know, but he's he's so charismatic and he was this great leader. And so if you can just kind of separate the fact that he is a womanizer or was a womanizer, I personally can't separate the two because I just think your integrity, your cloth, who you are is who you are. And if you're going to like throw away and treat poorly the people who should matter the most in the world, like what are you going to do to me? 
You know, you didn't make an oath to me before God. Like, so it's really hard for me to to fully stand behind a leader who um, I I just don't agree with most. I don't have to have I don't have to have the same religious beliefs. I don't have to have the same um, guiding principles in all areas, but in most areas. I just find it really hard to separate if I if I don't like who they are and what they stand for. Really, the separation of your personal life and your business life is kind of, it, it's a mirage. It really mm-hmm. doesn't exist. And so mm-hmm. you have to find ways that those two things work together. That it's not, you know, I think the word balance gets used so much. And, and balance is something like a state you achieve and it's hard to hold. Where really I feel like what we're trying to achieve is harmony between the two, you know, like that it all ebbs and flows together. And so I think that's really key. And and it's one of the reasons I work with you and Brett, because you guys walk what you preach. You know, like I've been around your family enough to know, okay, what they advertise is exactly what you guys execute. And that means a lot. Thanks. That's awesome. Can I ask you a question? Of course. Okay. Because I know a lot of people struggle with this. And I know it's it's almost like sometimes a default where we want to compare our, our own success to someone who's further ahead of us. And we fail to recognize sometimes our own amazing accomplishments because we're like, yeah, but there's somebody who's my age who's done this. Or there's someone who started after me and they've already accomplished all of these things. Like, how do you avoid comparing yourself to others? Great question and very timely. And I'm going to use an example and it's going to come back around to business. Yesterday on my Facebook page, I posted a picture of me out after I came out of a, a recent fitness test group. And for those that, that don't know me and my story is I grew up extremely overweight. I was 100 pounds overweight at one time. And that sexy, sleek, visible six-pack washboard abs is something I've literally had one time in my life. <laughs> and I am not proud to say it wasn't in the healthiest ways of getting there. Mm-hmm. So earlier this year, I was asked to be a part of a test group where a very hard workouts, you know, followed the meal plan to a T and literally got down to single digit body fat and still Dang. didn't have, you know, that, you know, cover a men's health six pack, even though I was single digits, you know, and it, and it, and it still, it drove me nuts. And so I, I posted on my Facebook page um, the other day about, do you define fitness by if somebody has a six pack mm-hmm. and a buddy of mine who I have always admired his physique, like just abs for days, admitted to the fact that he really struggles if he doesn't have like the full six pack, sometimes an eight pack. And so we got to talking on the thread there and he said, but what's really funny, Jimmy, he said, I've always admired your arms or your chest or your shoulders and, and, and other things where I just assume, well, this guy has the perfect physique and he, he loves what he sees in the mirror. And I think that correlates to business a lot also, is that we see somebody that we perceive is ahead of us in an area. And maybe going back to the mentor example, maybe their home life is just falling apart, mm-hmm. but they're being, you know, they're, they're the cream of the crop when it comes to their industry, or maybe they're, you know, internet famous right now, or maybe their income's great, but you don't know that their marriage is falling apart or their mm-hmm. kids don't know who they are. The other part that I really had to come in and and, you know, really get a grasp on is a, a perfect example. Mutual friend of ours, she's been on your show before, Melissa McAllister and I are really great business buddies. Mm-hmm. And there was a time when we first started kind of brainstorming and working that I got so frustrated that I couldn't run my business 
the same way she did until I sat down and go, wait, she has two grown children that are out of the house. Yes. I have a four-year-old. And at the time, my, you know, Kelly, my wife was still working in corporate America before we brought her home. And I was like, we can't operate the same way. Kind of like what you were talking about when you look for a fitness mentor. So there's so many variables that we really have to take into account, you know, that, that we can't necessarily execute so the way somebody else is because our circumstances are different. And then the second part of your question, absolutely. So often we're chasing that thing that we wish we were like somebody's, you know, I wish I spoke like them or I wish I had this. When we really kick ass in an area that comes so naturally to us that we take it for granted that we don't realize we're amazing. Instead of focusing on where you struggle, go find ways to make the thing that comes naturally to you 10 times better. Yeah, that's so true. That's so insightful. And that's super, I mean, I wish everyone, we could all be that self-aware when we recognize, we could just catch ourselves a little quicker and go, wait a second. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love her hair, but look at how jacked up her thumbnails are. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like, I wish you could catch yourself sometimes. It's just, it's, it's hard, I think, for a lot of people to avoid comparing themselves to others. But that was a great reminder is to remember that unless their circumstances and their DNA and the moment they are and the season that they are in in their lives is identical to yours, it just, it does, it robs you of your happiness. And it's hard to feel grateful. You can't feel grateful and you can't feel blessed when you feel like you're not enough and when you feel like everyone else is doing better than you. And I think the only way to do that is to just keep reminding yourself that, I'm not in their shoes, and I am enough. And the other thing that really has been a big aha for me, kind of the season I guess I'm in in my life right now, is learning to enjoy the journey. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, like where we all have goals and we're all trying to get somewhere. Like financially, we're trying to get to this, or maybe we're trying to achieve some kind of rank or recognition. And, and this has been something that I have just recently started doing, is where you step back for a second and go, wow, I'm not where I want to go, but I'm kind of rocking this right now. And this is fun along the way, you know, and I was watching, uh, I was watching a football documentary about Jerry Rice not long mm -hmm. ago. You know, Jerry Rice considered the greatest football player of all times and outworked everybody. And they were interviewing Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders, very different personality, really flamboyant, you know, out there always enjoying himself. And they were talking about when Deion Sanders joined Jerry Rice on the 49ers. And Deion said, by far, Jerry is the greatest football player that has ever played the game, but he never enjoyed the ride. He never enjoyed the relationships, the guys around him. Like He never enjoyed what it was he did. He was almost kind of always tormented, and it was always the next level with the next thing. And I think it's important that we take and kind of enjoy the ride along the way. You are dead on. It is the journey that makes it all fun. Like If you can learn to enjoy the sights along the way, then wherever you end up won't ever be disappointing because you've had this amazing journey on the way there. And, and this goes right along kind of with what we're talking about is enjoying the journey. I don't know that everybody has heard your story or know really financially where you and Brett started out. You know, it was, it was a while before I realized that how much debt you guys had accumulated or where you came from because it's so easy to see you guys and go, ah, they're the rock and power couple and they've always been this rock yeah. and power couple. And so what would you say has been the biggest change in you from – Shaleen at the beginning to the person that we know and see now. 
So a couple of things. Number one, with finances, we didn't have a budget. And I was the person in the marriage who would say, well, he'll handle the numbers and the budget and the bank accounts, and I'll just stick my head in the sand and I'll I'll work hard or whatever. But that's his department. It wasn't like he was trying to hide anything from me. I just was like, I don't want to know. I don't mm-hmm. want to know. And then once once I did finally say, okay, how bad is it? It It was bad. It was really bad. We were in a lot of debt. I still feel embarrassed to say that because it was a combination of things. It was really bad decisions. I mean, we're talking about our finances as a couple. We weren't even on the same page. You know, and I would say, I just want to be creative and I want Mm -hmm. to build the business. And because we didn't communicate in that area, and, and I don't want to go into too much detail, but I will say this, our financial troubles were the result of bad choices associating with some really bad people, mm-hmm. bad decisions. And ultimately, I think they were the result of just complete lack of communication. I mean, I thought we were doing really well. And that was because I saw what was coming in, but I had no idea, nor did I want to know what was going out because that was what I chose. I made a decision not to look, not to communicate, just to say, okay, that's his area. And that was a very important time for us as a couple to grow as a couple to grow as individuals. It's one of those times that looking back on when we were in it, uh, it felt dark, and it was hard, and it was painful. But from those things, if you don't give up, if you Mm -hmm. stand by each other, and you look at each other, and you realize your own personal responsibility, and that you have to change, well, that's what makes for a really rewarding marriage. That's what makes it so beautiful today. I mean, We owed a lot of people a lot of money. And I was angry and I was upset Mm -hmm. and it was hard. In the final analysis, I just had to take responsibility for my own ignorance Um, to say, I don't want to know about the numbers or, you know, I don't have to worry about the finances. Well, that was just really irresponsible. Uh And we both wanted to do the right thing. I mean, we wanted to get back on track. And we talked about filing for bankruptcy, and we made a list of everybody who we owed money to, and we put together a plan, and we, we just wanted to do, we just wanted to start fresh and make every decision a decision that we could be proud of. We could lay our heads down at night and go, that feels good. And we put together a plan, and we both had to do some personal work, and that changed us, it improved us, it made us stronger as a couple, and in less mm. than a year's time, we had paid back all of our debtors, every single one of them, except for one family member who said, you know, you don't need to repay me. This was a gift. And eventually we we repaid them too because it just felt like the right thing to do. That changed us financially. The next change that I would say is pretty huge from where I was and who I am today is realizing that it wasn't success that I wanted. It was a feeling We were just, I just became very goal-driven without much thought or regard for why do I want to accomplish this? What will it it make me feel? What will I have to sacrifice in order to accomplish this goal? And so Brett and I had accomplished so many things in our business and in our lives that didn't give us any space Mm -hmm. or room to breathe or make us feel good. Like, you know, to drive the cars and to have the big house and to have all of these employees and all these people we were responsible for, it didn't feel good. It felt 
It felt like we couldn't breathe. It felt like we couldn't enjoy life. And so we started over and it was really about learning to begin with, instead of setting a goal on what do I want to have, now we set our goals based on like, ultimately, what do we want to feel? What do we want our life, our day to feel like? Because we do that, instead of thinking about success, the irony of it all is that we um, we do far less and we have we have more success financially, which gives us more opportunities to help people and do cool things. And, and it gives us the opportunity to say no. And that's cool. Again, the irony of that is that we didn't start by going, okay, how can we be more successful? We, when we redesigned our lives, we started by saying, what do we want to feel between the two of us and in our family? And it's paid off. That is so huge. And sometimes the littlest mind shift can just take you in a completely different way. And one thing I've always just admired so much about the both of you is that you were willing to shift how you did things in the midst of being, quote unquote, successful in the eyes of the world, right? All of us on the outside looked and goes, man, they got their stuff together. They are rocking everything. And most people aren't willing to tear down, you know, the thing that they have built to rebuild with a strong foundation. Most people are just masking, taping, and just praying that the house of cards doesn't fall over. That's right. Yeah, I like to say that we had our rock bottom at the peak of our success. And the reason why we together had the courage to disassemble that, really, the my fear of losing my family or damaging my marriage, my fear of that was far greater than my fear of losing everything else from a financial or like, you know, toys or things like I didn't when I reached that decision, I really mean it today. Even when I say I didn't care if I lived in a cardboard box in a warm environment, that was okay if that was the risk. But I was not going to risk losing what was most important to me, which is confident, healthy, happy kids and a marriage that was fulfilling. We just realized like, okay, if neither of us are happy, this is dangerous. That's so good. Man, Shalene, I love our chats. I do too. So I I guess you've got to go back out in the sunshine or have a cocktail or something. There is a pool and there is a beach and (laughs) there are cocktails, okay? It sounds like fun. Yeah, but thank you for letting me uh, kind of powwow with you while I'm sitting here in paradise. I love it. Thanks, Jimmy. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Thanks for listening to Build Your Tribe. This episode is sponsored by CourageousConfidenceClub.com. It is a club. It's a club so we can invite cool people and we can kick you out if you are a troublemaker. It's the club to belong to if you want to learn how to get rid of self-doubt, learn how to feel more confident, more self-assured, to find yourself in social settings feeling like you're the person who everyone kind of wants to talk to. You feel much more comfortable about everything you have to say and do, not just in social settings, but in business. It's the key to just about everything, not just raising confident children, but to feeling good about who you are and what you're doing and taking those risks, eliminating fear, knowing that you can't fail. You can only get better. This is the club to be in. I hope you'll check it out by going to CourageousConfidenceClub.com. This is my show, so it is my prerogative to tell you at the moment I'm releasing five episodes a week. That could change. Why might that change? 
Maybe my family life could change. Maybe I can't get out five episodes next week. They're a priority. But if time permits, you'll get five episodes a week. That's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. If you are so inclined to make a donation to the show in the form of a compliment, that's right, you can do so and I would be greatly appreciative. All you have to do is go back to iTunes and write a review for Build Your Tribe. That would be the ultimate gift for me. Listen, I promised I would try to be brief, be bright, be fun, and be done. So we're done. <laughs>